Hey, Wellness Warriors. Welcome back to the show. This is What Makes Me Well, and I'm your host, Asada Jones. Every episode, I sit down with a special guest, and we discuss all the different aspects of their life that make them well. This week, I'm sitting down with Naomi Barasa. She is a trauma-informed yoga teacher, a licensed massage therapist, and a registered clinical social worker intern. I'm really excited to have this conversation with Naomi because we've actually known each other for a long time. We have worked in the same places. We have spoken at the same functions. Um, But we've actually never sat down to have a conversation without being interrupted by, you know, whatever it is that's going on around us. Um, So I'm really excited to have this one-on-one time with her and to really get to know her um, because I really admire her theory as a yoga practitioner, which is lead with self-compassion. I'm sure I'm betraying it and I'm sure she has a much better way of, um, of explaining it, which we will get to. But I really admire that, you know, that self-compassion in her yoga practice and in her teachings. Um, and I'm really curious to see where that originated from, if that originated from her yoga practice or if that originated in her life. And she just brought that into her yoga practice because in my experience, um, having self-compassion in your yoga practice isn't something that you come across or you learn until you are much deeper in um, in your yoga practice. Um, it's very uh, it's 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 very superficial at first. Um, I'll leave it at that. But anyway, I'm really looking forward to my conversation with Naomi. I haven't had it yet, if you hadn't noticed already. Um, I'm doing something a little different. I usually record these intros after I talk with the guests, but today I'm doing something different. So before I break and call up Naomi, we have a meeting on Zoom, I am going to do some announcements. So announcement, you guys, I'm starting a Patreon. I'm really excited about this. Um, I've kind of gone back and forth for a while, Um, you know, just a little bit nervous about it, I guess. But I'm pulling the trigger. I'm doing it. There's going to be different memberships, different tiers that you all can be a patron of, and which with each tier, you're going to get different benefits, I like to call them. It could be merch, like a podcast sticker. It could be bonus podcast episodes that Andrew and I are going to do. They're going to be called At Home with the Joneses. It's basically going to be lifestyle episodes featuring me and him, and we're going to talk about our life and our marriage, answer some questions. Um, I'm really excited about it. We're going to learn a lot about each other, um, and uh, I hope you guys learn a lot about us too. Um, There is also going to be weekly ohms. I will be archiving the weekly ohms available right now into um, a Patreon feed. So you'll get the archived weekly ohms and then you'll get new um, narrations of the weekly ohms. Also, what I am really excited about with this Patreon is that it's going to be an extension of my yoga services and this podcast. So Along with added podcast stuff, you will also be getting yoga flows created by myself. You will also be getting guided meditations created and narrated by myself. 
you will also be able to participate in um, Patreon Zoom hangouts and other really fun community-based things that we can do virtually. The Patreon is going to be launched on July 20th, so be on the lookout for that, you guys. I'm really excited to share this part of my life and this content with you. All right, that's all of the announcements that I have for you guys. I will be back after my conversation with Naomi. Hi, Naomi. Hi. How are you doing? Oh, thank you so much. (laughs) I so appreciate you. Okay, so I'm going to read your bio so everybody knows how accomplished you are. So, Naomi has been a licensed massage therapist since 2004. She specializes in Thai massage, myofascial release, neuromuscular therapy, Reiki, aromatherapy, and reflexology. Naomi became a certified yoga teacher in 2010. She focuses on assisting students and cultivating body awareness. Naomi strives to offer yoga that is safe, inclusive, accessible to individuals of varying abilities. And she incorporates chair yoga, wall yoga, and a variety of yoga props in her practice. Naomi is passionate about offering trauma-sensitive yoga to allow students to explore movements at their own pace. And as a yoga student, Naomi has learned to respect her own boundaries and wishes to provide a safe space for her yoga students to establish and practice their personal boundaries to feel empowered and free. This is going to be something that I am going to be asking a million questions on because it is such a wonderful way to approach a yoga practice. Um, And I've mentioned this in a previous episode because Naomi has been a wellness warrior of the week before. So yeah, this is, I'm really excited to get into um, how she moves into trauma-informed yoga. But a little bit more of a background on Naomi. Naomi graduated from UCF with a master's degree in social work in August of 2019. Naomi has been working in the field of social work since 2017 and has experience working with individuals who have a history of trauma. She has worked extensively in the LGBTQ plus community and has facilitated LGBTQ plus cultural competency training to colleagues in the social network field, excuse, yes, in the social network field and within the yoga community, which is some timely stuff and we absolutely need that in our society and our culture now. Naomi focuses her counseling practice in addressing anxiety, depression, and trauma symptoms. She incorporates her 15 plus years of experience in body work and mindfulness practice to offer coping skills and self-care tools to empower her clients. Oh, Naomi, I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I love your your bio and... Um, If you want to, Wellness Warriors listeners, if you want to know more about Naomi and check her out, um, I will have all of her contact information in the links on the show notes so you can get to know her a little bit more. But I am so happy that like we've crossed paths because your, I've mentioned this before, your practice and the way you move with your yoga practice specifically Mm -hmm. is so different than mine, but so beautiful. I love it. It makes me so happy that, that your approach is still like just lovely. I've been to some (laughs) yoga classes and I'm just like, what is this person doing? They're causing more harm than good. And yeah, anyway, well, I will 
let's put that on the back burner for a second. How are you? Let's talk about you. <laughs> oh boy. Well, thank you for having me. And I was just so thrilled to get the invitation. And I do think it came at a, at a good time. Um, I have been feeling very overwhelmed with everything happening in the world. And yes, I'm happy that it's happening, right? Like I'm happy that there's some movement and change. Yes. And um, the uh, white community is waking, waking up to the injustices that have and the been urgency for, mm -hmm, that have been happening for so, so, so long. So, so yeah, um, kind of that mix of overwhelm and oh, finally, yes, something I, is moving. I totally agree. I totally agree. And um, for more context for the listeners, um, I guess to timestamp this episode, sure. this is, um, we are in the middle of June. Is it fair to say this is the middle of June? Yes, it is the of dad middle. Middle June of 2020. We are in week three of protests. Um, against um, state-sanctioned police violence and racism and um, systemic racism. Um, and also in the middle of a pandemic, um, I dare say we are in the beginnings of the second wave because this administration that we are under at this time are a bunch of dodo brains. So, um, that's how, that's what we're doing and how we are, um, living in this, this time. So hopefully whoever's listening to this in the future, we've got some like amazing, beautiful system in place and it's all great. And we're looking back at that one time, like, oh, wasn't that crazy? Oh, it's such a distant memory. Thank God. It's not like that anymore. That's, that's hope. Crossing our fingers. Crossing, I'm crossing my legs. I'm crossing my legs. I'm crossing my toes. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, okay. So what I want to know, um, in the th like we're in the throes of all of this. I just set the groundwork for just like a terrible um, a picture. Like, just you know, it's all like fire and brimstones out there. Yeah, right. I mean, it kind of is, but it kind of is. Yeah, it, 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 kind, of is. it kind of is. Um, yep. But that being said, there are lows, right? But there are highs mm. in everything in life. There's there's highs. What would you say your highlight of this week was? I mean, honestly, it, it has to tie in. Um, I, you know, I've done some work of my own to investigate my own um, racial biases and things like that but you know each time a new another situation comes up it makes me reflect and look okay where else can I grow where else can I learn and yeah. um, I've had the uh, book white fragility sitting on my bookshelf for some time so I finally picked it up and it's been it's been so good to tap into that um, yeah. I have to say another highlight would be uh, I finally signed up for Susanna Barkataki's honor uh honor yoga roots course have you heard of her work yes i've heard of susanna's work i've heard of that and it's it's you know it's the same thing unfortunately where you're just like oh put it on the list i gotta yeah, i need to do that i want to i want to <laughs> get to it because i believe in what she's saying yeah. i completely 
understand how appropriated yoga is. And as a yoga teacher, I need to come to terms with that. Mm-hmm. But then every, but, uh, and other uh, stuff happens. Ugh. But yeah, but now it's, you're right. It's, it's, we're at the time where we're being called to, yeah. to action. Yeah, really. And you know, it's, that's, that's yoga. That's self-reflection, mm-hmm. self-investigation. And so I'm really trying to just embrace that piece of what's happening of, you know, saying, okay, I've, I've, I've made this much progress, if you want to say, or, you know, done this much investigation, yeah. where else can I continue learning and growing? And, you know, those things that have been sitting on the shelf, okay, time to pick those up and really dive in a little bit deeper. That's awesome. Oh, man, you, I think I'm going to sign up for the course. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. We're doing yes. it. Yes. You're right. It's, and it's, it's good. It's like, um, it's fulfilling when you do anyway. It's it interesting. Really is. It really is. And I noticed that I had, I, you know, I've been having resistance to picking up that book, White Fragility. I've had resistance to joining the uh, honor the uh, yoga roots course and things like that. And really having to look at, okay, what is this resistance? What is this fear of facing, facing these truths within myself? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Would you say that's what made you, or that's something that you did this week to support your well being as well? Like yeah, all- absolutely. Because, yeah. um, you know, that, that resistance is so draining and it was just mm-hmm. like, ah, let me just rip off the Band-Aid and just, just dive in. And also with the Honor Yoga Roots course, there's, you know, Zoom calls to get on to meet other people who are doing this work, which to me is so, so rejuvenating to meet other, especially other white people that are doing this work that like are recognizing like, oh, there's a problem and I am mm-hmm. part of, I need to be part of the solution. So that really helps fill me up like, okay, there are people who get it and are doing the work and that really helps. Yeah, I can can imagine that would be um, a little bit alienating. I've honestly never thought about that perspective from a white person for obvious reasons, Mm -hmm. but I can imagine that, you know, being in a room of other very close-minded white people, you're kind of like, what the fuck, guys? Yeah. 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 yeah, and when you find somebody that understands how understands the the grander picture or understands empathy, you're like, oh great, we're not all terrible. <laughs> oh thank God. Okay. Oh, you're yeah. an empathetic person. Wow. Yeah. 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 Wow. That's um. Well, I learned something new today. That's oh. interesting. Okay. Thank Thank you for that. Okay. Um, Pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I want to throw it to the listeners now. Listeners, as always, I want to hear what your highlight of the week was, especially now. I want to hear what you did this week to support your well-being, what you've been doing to support your well-being through this pandemic, through the protests. How have you been showing up? I would also like to talk to people who feel like they want to show up but don't know how they can show up and maybe are wrestling with some sort of guilt with that. Um, I've had a few conversations with people that, of actually all races, that are like, I want to show up to the protest, but I'm afraid of the pandemic, and so how do I show up? And those are really interesting conversations, I think really important conversations, because not everybody feels comfortable going out there and protesting, um, and not everybody is in the position to donate with their dollars, so what else is there to do? 
that I feel like that's a, a, an important conversation to have. And also, if you do feel that way, there is a link on the show notes that will give you options um, to a way to show up um, and a way to donate money without um, through streaming. Um, and then I will also give give a list of links of like petitions that you can sign that is also a way to show up as well. Because um, in the last two weeks that the protests have been happening, there have been changes that have been made, actual legislative changes. The um, Brianna's law has been passed. I think as of Thursday, Brianna's law has been passed, which is a ban on the no-knock warrant. So police are no longer allowed to just waltz into somebody's house without knocking. Um, protests work. Petitions work. They're, um, I think they're really important. Um, and I think it's you know important to, to talk and have a discussion about ways to show up. So if you want to have that discussion with me, holla, let me know, email me, follow me on Instagram, what makes me well. You can comment on the links. And um, I'd love to have that discourse with you. All right, Naomi, let's talk about you some more. I okay. want to know what your recipe for wellness is. And um, I really want to know how you discovered those were the things that you needed to be well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's a really great question. And like, I really kind of thought about that one. Good, really yeah. Um, I, I, I boiled it down to... Um, compassion, patience, and listening to my body. Mm. Um, because I, I learned those things through trial and error um, and recognizing my own habit of perfectionism. And I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> no idea what you're talking about. I don't wait for five years to do something. No. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. And also trying to do all the things, as you can see from my bio. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, just like burning myself out completely. And, um, it, you know, just having these high expectations of myself to, you know, be this perfect person who has it all figured out, has all the answers. And that's absolutely impossible. Yeah. So I've had to learn to, and you know, that's where that's where, that's why I teach from the way that I teach and um, practice. And I try to practice that is just having like really, un, like really having to figure out, well, what does compassion mean? And what does that look like and feel like in my body? And um, having that patience with myself that I'm, I'm not going to know all the things and it's okay to make mistakes. Like that's been a huge lesson is to be okay with making yeah. mistakes and, treating myself with compassion when I do make a mistake. Yeah. Um, I also want to touch on this other piece that I've been thinking about is um, the idea that uh, being healthy equals being a good person. That was like this belief that I had that being like perfectly healthy, physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, somehow equated to me being a good person. Good. Oh. I love that you say that, especially in light of recent news of mm -hmm. certain people, certain businesses in the vegan and healthy community. I think it's really important to recognize that a lot of a lot of um, public figures mm -hmm. 
seem to be healthy, seem to be in shape, seem to meditate, but also are very unhealthy and really not good people in the sense of what we should strive for as being good people. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 And I think that was something I recognized along the way because I've been... I've been in this work since I was 20 and um, I'll just for time. So thing, two years 30, ago. Yeah. Two, two years, years ago. ago. Yeah. Sure. We'll mm-hmm. go with that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just gloss right over it. Mm-hmm. That, let them do the math. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's been 15 years. We'll <laughs> say that. Um, <laughs> so, you know, um, you know, I, I, I jumped into this field right out of the gate and, so, you know, being young and passionate and impressionable, you know, I, I found teachers that had something that was really amazing, but then I would notice other things that was like, well, I don't, that doesn't really line up for yeah. me. Um, and so kind of figuring that out as I went of being like, well, what does make a good person? What does make what lines up with my own morality yeah. for lack of a better word. Um, and it's not whether or I'm eating kale every day or I'm drinking the water or I'm even, you know, meditating, right? Like, right. like, cool. I can sit and meditate every day, but then what, then what am I doing? How, how am I giving back? Yeah. And I know there's a lot of different, um, you know, thought processes around that. Like, depending on your own views. But for me, I'm like, I, I would like to take action. You know, I would yeah. like to be, be practicing what I preach in a way that I feel is like effective and actually doing something. Oh, yeah. I don't want to, no. I don't know. I'm trying to watch what I, I totally understand. <laughs> You're like, let's be censored. No, I totally understand. Um, yeah. But I will say I will say it. There are people out there that meditate every day and they're total assholes and vote for President Trump and don't believe in equality and are bigots, you know. And they're out there on the gram with their namaste fucking beads on, and you're just like, "What are we doing?" If you're meditating every day and you're still a hateful person, right, right. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't matter how many chaturangas you can do. It doesn't matter how many headstands you can do. Um, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I like that. So, yeah. compassion. Mm-hmm. How does compassion show up? Um, well, let me let me rephrase that. How did you find that compassion is what you needed? Mm. Was there a time when you weren't compassionate, and mm, what did that yes. look like? Yes. Yes. Most most of my life, I have not been compassionate with myself very Mm. judgmental, critical, and, you know, I'm still, you know, that still comes up daily. Um, And it's, I I have to say that the pinnacle point where it really hit me um, was, and, and, and it goes along with what we were just talking about. I was in my bachelor's program for social work, and I had an amazing, amazing supervisor. I love her to death. Um, and she, we were, we were in supervision and, uh, you know, I was talking about some struggles I was having in my internship and she was like, Naomi, what do you do to practice 
self-care. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I exercise, I do yoga, and I, you know, listed all the things. And she's like, she looks at me and kind of narrows her eyes. She's like, but what do you do? And she puts her hand on her heart. What do you do to practice self-care? What do you do to practice self-compassion? And I was like, what are you talking about? And it really hit me. And I'm like, oh, my God. That's the point. That's the point of doing all these things. It isn't, again, just to be healthy and, you know, check off the box. It's to really treat ourselves with love and compassion that that. we need to do this work. Yeah. So that's what really got me thinking, like, well, what does that mean? And and then I was able to kind of start recognizing where I was practicing self-compassion and being able to be like, Oh, okay. And so in my yoga practice, I'm practicing self-compassion when I don't push myself into a pose that doesn't feel right. I'm practicing self-compassion when I say, okay, Naomi, you made a mistake. It's okay. It's not the end of the world. You're not a bad person. It's just, you learn something from it and, and do better next time. Yeah. I love that. And then how, how, or when was that moment that you found out that it's bleeding into the rest of your life, like into your just in, well, compassion for others? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I think like, it's definitely easier to have compassion for others, right? Oh, was that always a thing? <laughs> like you're just, just very, was it more like you were, um, kinder to everybody else, but not to yourself. Yeah. Situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It was yep. one of those where everyone's like, oh, Naomi's so nice. She's so kind. Yeah. And she's, yeah, she's good. She's right. a good girl. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. I love, I love how I, and it's, and it comes up a lot with the, with the women that I speak to, regardless of what background, you know, what, what background we always kind of somehow touch on, we're, we're taught to be good. Mm-hmm. We're, we're just taught to be, we're just always taught to be good. And I find that so interesting how the older we get, we kind of fight that mold mm-hmm. and figure out how, you know, and, and it's always, it, it shows up in different ways for everybody, but it, it's always, um, in your case, it's like, you know, you're fighting the mold of being good by being self-compassionate, you know, and it might look different than how other people think you should look, you know, like, oh, why isn't she, why isn't mm-hmm. she getting in a headstand when all the yoga teachers are getting in a headstand? Like, that's your way of fighting it. And you're just like, well, I'm not going to be good. I'm not going to conform. I I just, I think it's really cool how we're all kind of reveling a little bit as, (laughs) as we age, you know, of this like good girl, good woman thing that we're taught. I hope that ends. I truly hope that ends. Not a mother, no plans to be a mother. Yeah. I just hope that we just stop telling young girls to be good. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. It's, it's very limiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it teaches it. I think it's the, um, the antith- antithesis of self-compassion. Mm-hmm. Right. Be- yeah. Like, you know, oh, it's selfish to take care of myself sort of thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So self-compassion or compassion was one. What was the other? Patience. Mm, sweet Lord. 
patience. What, what was the aha moment when you realized that you needed to work on patience? There it is. That's the story I want to hear. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just an accumulation. I think, <laughs> I think it's really been the love and patience of people who have been close to me. Oh, I love who that. Who has kind of given me a little, like, a little, hey, hey, Naomi, you need to, you need to, you need to wrap this up here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Contain this. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I have had a very bad habit of, you know, being very controlling, having to control my environment and control yes. people and being getting really frustrated when people or things don't do what I what I I know is right right because well, we're helping we're just <laughs> right. trying to help and if you just listen to me your <laughs> life is going to be fine listen, Jesus Christ <laughs> I'm not controlling I don't have a control no truly for me it dawned on me like three no two years ago that I had like a control issue and I was like what me? and everybody was like yeah girl <laughs> God bless Andrew. He was like, oh my God, this news is shocking to us all. <laughs> no way. <laughs> what? She said that to you? That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, it's been the love and patience of friends and family. Yeah. And giving me little, little wake-up calls here and there in a That's, firm yeah. and loving way. Yeah. How did... um? how do you actively work on patients every day? Or is that something that you have to work on every day? It's yeah, definitely something daily. Um, gosh, that's a good question. I think um, it's, it's when I notice a feeling of urgency in myself and like, this has to get done right now, or like, it's like, it's like anxiety. Um, yeah comes up and it's like, whoa, what's happening? Stop, pause. What is this need for something to change like instantly? It's just this impulsivity that yeah. comes up. And so I've really learned to start paying attention to that and just sit with it when it comes up and not to do anything. Mm, yeah. I, um, I, I can, I can relate to that. Like having to examine that and going, where is this coming from? And more importantly, why am I feeling this way? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I think a lot of people do that, you know, but you know, just being aware of it for myself, like, oh wait, no, like I have this image of a perfect scenario and that is, and I'm operating on that rather mm -hmm. than like, well, wait, this person also has an image and a perception, but then there's reality, right? Reality. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yep. This is how I want it to be. And this is how they want it to be. This is reality. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, in, in general, like, you know, talking about patience and controlling people or controlling environment, like that's, that's a trauma response. Hmm. Yeah, that's so true. Having to control the situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then it shows up in different bizarre ways. Yeah. You didn't feed the cat right. <laughs> yeah. 
it scoops and then you have to sprinkle it or yeah. she won't eat. I've been there. I've totally done that. I've definitely done that. Yeah. It's, um, oh man, it's so funny. I think about the few times that we've had our dog trainer over at the house and there was a time where, um, he like wanted to see how the dogs played together with like uh the, with the bone and if they would play tug of war and i've never played tug of war with my dogs because i had a previous dog none of, none of the dogs that i own now but like he would play tug of war and he would get really aggressive with it mm-hmm. and i just didn't it was just it scared me so never played tug of war with my dogs they have plenty of other outlets to play with so don't come for me listeners with the whole tug of war thing anyway my dogs are fine but the trainer that was he was like oh do you want to see how they how they play and I was just like, oh, no, let's not. Like, let's just move on. And he's like, oh, no, let's just try and see. And I was like, and all of a sudden, I was like, no, let's. Mm-hmm. I got, like, very controlling. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, okay. And it had absolutely nothing to do with the dogs. It was my trauma response just instantly reliving how aggressive my other dog Yep. you know, used to be when he used to play. And it's very interesting how just um, instinctive that is and how yep. hard it is to fight. Oh, it yeah. really is. Yep. Yep. It, yeah. just, it just happens. It's not even conscious. Yeah. Ah, crazy. Okay. So um, patience. What's, what was the other one? Listening to my body. Mm. Okay. That's a big one. Mm-hmm. What sparked that change? Well, fortunately, because I've been in body work for so long, it has been such a big part of my own healing journey. You know, I started out in massage and really didn't know what I was getting into and really had the pleasure of working with other therapists, massage therapists who who had this intuitive and have an intuitive nature to them. And I, I think, I think maybe, maybe naturally, like I've always just been more connect, like had a connection to my body, but didn't really know how to facilitate it. Um, at the same time, feeling very disconnected from my body due to trauma, you know, my, my immediate response is to dissociate and yeah. check out. So I think, you know, who knows, who knows how things happen, but I was drawn to the field of massage and it just really helped me reconnect to my body. And then when I got into yoga, it was so empowering because in massage, it's, it's somebody else doing something to your body to facilitate something, um, which is so healing and necessary. But with yoga, it's, there's nobody doing anything. It's you yeah. checking in, tapping in, you know, tuning into your own body. And so that was huge. That was huge to start building that awareness. And then again, having really great teachers to teach me how to tune in. To, they, they were able to notice where I was disconnected and really started like helping me understand why that was, how to how to con- reconnect and things like that. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh man, I can I <laughs> I can definitely see how having a patient and informed guide can or and teacher can 
I mean, it can literally make or break break you, especially when you're like first going into like a yoga practice and learning about your body. And no shade at all, but the my clients that find it most difficult, in my experience, the clients that I have found have had the hardest time in yoga therapy are people that have been recommended to me from massage therapists and body workers because it's that same thing where they're used to somebody working them mm -hmm. and the switch that has to turn that has to turn on mm -hmm. for you to be the one to do the work is it's beautiful i think it's beautiful and to like learn how to tap into yourself in order to open up or and everything mm -hmm. but it's also really hard especially if yeah. you're not used to doing it especially yeah. if you're used to somebody else doing it for you because it's it's such an important and um uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's such a personal process. Mm -hmm. Nobody can do it for you. So it's almost right. like, it's like a muscle. It's just so weak. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. That, that I did a whole workshop on this, but um, the, the sense of interoception of being able to feel your body is, mm. you know, is so out of practice in our culture, in our society. And so that's really what I focus on with my, the way I teach is to help people develop that, that muscle of feeling your body. Um, because how many times, I mean, even myself, you know, going to yoga classes and, okay, lift your right hand and your, your left hand goes up and, just, you know, you're like feeling very discombobulated and disoriented. And I'm like, why is my brain not talking to my body? Like, yeah, I've <laughs> and, been there. Yeah. So, you know, that alone is, is huge is, you know, just having that, that alone, that just that motor function connection between the mind and the body. And again, can be a symptom of trauma of just yeah. not having that connection because for survival, you, you, you cut it off so that you can just get through the day. Yeah. And, and I also think we're taught that too. We're right. taught to disconnect just yeah. in our society. It's, um, um, and how we communicate with each other. Um, and for, I mean, unfortunately with the pandemic, we have to be, you know, in a weird disconnected, connected sort of way. Mm -hmm. But I think also, you know, just the constant social media, um, but also within the foods that we eat or the, or the additives that, they put in our foods, they make you feel bad, but it's also like, oh, well, that's how you're supposed to feel after you eat, um, yeah. I don't know, flaming hot Cheetos <laughs> you know, or, right. some, or something yeah. that's, that's uh, full of trash. Or even like some of the, you know, vegetarian things, vegan things have a lot of sugar in it. So then you're like in the bathroom sugar dumping, but you're like, oh, I've, I'm eating green and vegan, yep. but it's also like, not everything with sage on it is good for you, but that's, I, that's more of a note to self type of thing. <laughs> um, anyway, so, interoception. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you notice how bad your body feels after eating that sugary Absolutely. Thing. Yeah. Absolutely. And you're like, oh, but it's gluten-free. Like, no, right. that's not how that works. Is that it? <laughs> Twinkies are vegan, right? That's good. Right? No, and apparently they don't ha they don't expire. So yeah, okay. so that that's cool. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> anyway, um, okay. So 
I want to talk about your support systems. So, well, no, I'm skipping ahead. I want to talk about how you maintain your well-being. Mm-hmm. What's, yeah. um, especially now, like what, how are you, how have you been staying well in 2020? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so getting outside is a big one, going mm. for walks and we started a garden. So love that. that's been a big source of like, just refresh. Um, you know, I try to get out there three times a day in the morning, uh, afternoon and the evening. Yeah. And literally just go out and look at it. Just walk into the garden and look at it and smell the herbs and maybe pull some weeds. Um, and yeah, going for walks, getting outside, getting sunshine and fresh air. Um, I bookend my day. I've always done this, not always, but for quite some time I've been doing this where in the morning I do like 10 minutes of stretching and do a gratitude list and read a meditation uh, book that, you know, daily meditation book that I have and then do a little journaling. So that's in the morning and then in the evening I do some journaling about my day. So like those simple things is really what kind of gets me through. Um, I have a therapist I see twice a month. Um, oh, I love therapy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got it. Like, I don't know. For me, it's like, if I, if I'm going to do the work I do, I have, I have to do it. I have to yeah. take care of myself. I completely agree. I am. Um, I've been trying to figure out a way how, I don't know, maybe there's, I know there are organizations that provide therapy to, you know, um, low income or Mm -hmm. people that have more of a need or um, higher potential neighborhoods and communities. But I still feel like even the people that I know don't know where to get therapy. And it's Mm -hmm. like, girl, you have insurance, like, right. But it's still, um, they don't know that they can call their insurance or go online. Like, and I'm trying to figure out like, okay, maybe I, I am such an advocate of therapy. I would not be the person that I am without therapy. Mm-hmm. Sweet Lord. I like cringe. And I like, it makes me almost cry to think about who, who I would be without therapy. Um, so, and I know that it's even like just talking about it has changed the life of so many people that I know because they started going to therapy because I started just, just my therapist and I, oh, we talked about that in therapy and just, mm-hmm. I just stopped caring. And I noticed that more people that I know have started to go, but there's still a, a big population of people that are hesitant or they don't know how to get access to therapy or they don't realize that they have to go on a couple of dates to pick the right, right. one yeah. and I'm trying to figure out what I can do to help that. I don't know. I haven't quite figured that out yet. Yeah. But, um, oh, it's so important. I love therapy. Yeah. No, I, me too. I've, it, like you said, like, I don't know where I, I would be without the, my therapist, you know, yeah. just really breaking through some old habits and, and, you know, like lots of, lots of trauma he, healing. And then, able to work through like okay we've we've discovered some things now how do we move forward and yeah you know get out of these patterns of survival that we don't need anymore yeah 
Oh man, I was just literally having that conversation with my best friend because I just had like a breakthrough and now I'm like in this new place where I'm like, what is this new? Oh, this is cool. <laughs> but then also like, oh, who am I without that fear? Like that's mm-hmm. also a weird place to be in. Um, mm-hmm. And it, we were just having that conversation. And she's like, but how do you move on? Like, how do, who are you without, you know, um, not to get too too deep in it, but like my my sarcasm is like is deeper. Like, who am I without my without my sarcasm? Yeah. And it's like I I truly have no idea. And it's yeah. like, who am I with this without my slightly simmering anger beneath the surface? I I don't know. Let's yeah. figure it out. But it's also kind of scary. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you know, it just remind me like learning how to be compassionate with myself really had a lot to do with therapy and Mm. really having to go into those dark places of shame, so much shame and having a witness to that, having some, someone, you know, tell me like you, there is no reason for you to have shame around this. You do. Yes. But like, they're, they're like you're not the person to, to you're not at fault right so yeah. yeah 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 um so that that was huge and being able to come out of out of the muck and have compassion for myself that wow I've really been through some shit that's okay <laughs> yeah 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 and it would and and therefore it makes it so much easier to look at others and go, "Oh, that person's been through some shit. They're acting like a dick, but I know they've been through some shit, so all right, let me go ahead and yeah and be yeah. more compassionate to their to their plight, yeah, and the same for myself when i've when I've been an asshole, yeah, <laughs> no, for real like okay, yep, I did that. my bad gonna learn and move forward and try not to do that again (laughs) yeah 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 forgive forgiving ourselves wow no that's so real that's so real um all right so who are your main supporters I'm going to talk about your support system Mm -hmm. besides your therapist who seems to be a big pillar um who are the other players in Naomi's support system well obviously my partner um he's Shout him out. Yeah. Awesome. He, uh, he and I are, you know, very much social distancing still. So it's just him and I 24 seven. So, you know, (laughs) helping each other through the ups and downs. Um, and I make sure to call my friends and family. Yeah. My, my parents have been great support. Um, I got, I got five siblings, so I've got oh, wow. a lot of support there, um, and some really close friends. Uh, you know, I've got colleagues, like professional colleagues that, you know, we, we talk because our work can get draining, so yeah. we, we talk, and I have been in a support group for a couple years, and, you know, I got people from there that I talk to, so... I have been very fortunate to have started out with a really good support system with my family and then building my support system over the years. Yeah. I think it's important to, to really reiterate how, um, 
important support groups are, especially oh. if, especially now, because um, I'm finding that a lot of people are doing like a lot of self-work, which is great, but because we can't commune with others as we normally would, or sometimes things are a little bit too touchy and, you know, you're coming to terms with, I don't know, alcoholic parents or whatever, mm-hmm. um, you can't, you can't talk to everybody about that. Um, so I think there, I think it's important to let listeners know that they, there's still support group meetings available. They're online. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. so if that's something that, you know, you feel you need, I think it's really important to seek that out. I love, I love that you said that really, yeah. I really yeah. do. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's, it's been, it was like a game changer for me. Yeah. Of really seeking that support and being like, there is, I, there is something off and I don't know what to do. Like, this is just the way that I've been living and I don't know how to do it differently. Yeah. I don't have the, those examples. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you, did you find that during the pandemic, you, your, um, what is it? Your inner circle was crystallized, like, or was solidified? Yeah. Yeah. That was interesting um, to kind of see who, who, who I made an effort to talk to and who reached out to me yeah. reached out to us. Um, and, you know, it, it wasn't like, oh, I, that wasn't that person calling me or anything like that. It's no, just, not at all. Oh yeah. This, these are my, these are my people. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, get tough. These are my people. Exactly. And it's not a judgment. It's not like an out of malice. It's just just as you are um, um, coming home to your people, they are coming home to their people. And, mm-hmm. and it just so happens. Yeah. It's just you're not each other's core people. And that's okay. Yep. Um, at, le- at least for me, it was um, kind of eye opening in the sense where I, uh, I um didn't realize how many non-core people I've kept in my life. Mm. And it's just like, oh, and, and um, or let me rephrase, how many people I put in the position as core people. Mm. And when I took the time to kind of really evaluate, like, oh, why, why haven't I reached out to this person? Yeah. Oh, but that's, oh, because even, you know, like you might text somebody funny memes or you might have a relationship with them in a, on a surface level, but you're not checking in on them to make sure that you have toilet paper. And that's, it's just so interesting to go, oh, wow, I used to talk to this person every single day. And because of this pandemic or because, you know, we're not in the same circles or whatever, whatever, we've just drifted apart and it's just interesting to see that um who drifts apart and who solidifies yeah it's really it's reaffirming yeah I've also noticed like connecting more with people who I didn't talk to as much um because it's like oh oh this terrible thing is happening let's FaceTime when like we could have been FaceTiming the whole time yeah yeah (laughs) But now that, like, like for example, my brother lives in Brooklyn, and we could have been FaceTiming this whole time, but now that there's a pandemic, we're like, oh, we have to FaceTime. Fa- 
<laughs> he's your people. That's what yeah. it is. Like, same yeah. with my best friend, who my best friend lives in Manhattan, actually. Um, the, it's the same thing where I'm, we probably, and I've known her since we were like 15. So like, she knows everything about me. I know everything about her. So talking to her every day is kind of like, what's up? No, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. So like, all right, cool. I'll call you in like three weeks. Like maybe, you know, that yeah. type of thing. But now it's like every week, like, Hey, what's going on? Just call me when you're, you know, on your way home or something like that, or, or not on your way home. Call me when you're done with work or something. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's funny how that is because you're just like, Oh, I, we could have been doing this the whole time, but yep. there's something about wanting to reconnect with the, with like your, your people, your core people where you, you're yeah. making that effort. Yeah. And you yeah, want to make like connected more with people who like were more on the peripheral and now we're like scheduling calls monthly yeah. or weekly to work on a project together or something um or just to check in and just be support for each other especially with everything going on so yeah yeah it's really interesting the the evolution of relationships during something like this it's so it's 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 a it's very eye opening and I don't know if you're watching um um insecure on HBO. Oh, yes. Okay. Oh. I love that show. And what's happening in season four is so time like it's right so timely and you're just like, oh, all of these like all of the what is it, reasons, friendships are for reasons. Yeah seasons or lifetimes and just this whole pandemic you're like okay well let's see who lasts through this through this season or who's this lifetime or if the people that drop off are reason people and um it's just it's just so interesting and it's also very heartbreaking because I love Molly and Issa but Molly's trash and it's just uh, it is what it is what are you gonna do what are you gonna do I know I know. It's complicated. Does Avery watch with you? No, it's it's my show. Uh, Andrew will not watch it with me either. It's yeah. like, oh, come on, this is so good. He's like, really? <laughs> He's like, really? Okay, all right, yeah. all right. Well, um, I want to move on to the next segment. I call it the best breakup. Mm-hmm. Um, it's my favorite because I think that even though we're taught that breaking up is bad, I do think that breaking up is healthy. And um, and just like Molly and Issa, sometimes necessary. Mm. And they can also teach you really great lessons. So what, and it, this could be romantic, platonic, it could be a breakup with a habit, it could be a breakup with an idea. Um, but I would like to know what is your best breakup? Yeah. Um, it was really hard to pick. Um, and all, all the things are more like habits. Um, I can't really think of like a a person, but (laughs) (laughs) that just sounded so like, you're like, I'm just Xing everybody out of my life. It's hard to pick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, no more, more of habits. Like I have had a lot of breakups in I would say the last two years with a lot of bad habits and that's great I think the one the one that let's say the one I'm working on right now is um my relationship to being a victim oh mm-hmm. 
explain that more. That is interesting. I've never heard that one. Yeah. So um, I, I very much fell into this victim mentality. Again, due to legitimate trauma I've experienced, um, but I just kind of hung on to that and have used that as a tool for manipulation in my relationships. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so just, um, I think over the last two years have, have really come to terms with that truth, um, and just learning a new way of figuring out, well, what did this, what did victimhood do for me? Because we, we do these things for a reason. And, um, it was really because I didn't know how to set boundaries. Mm -hmm. So I would use this as a way to get what I wanted. Mm. Um, so it's been a process of learning, learning what my boundaries are and then learning how to set them with myself first and then being able to actually like communicate them to other people. That is so deep and so, um, I love that journey for you, first of all, truly, because um, nobody wants to let go of that. Mm. That's yeah. such a hard thing to let go of. Yeah. And how does, I mean, and, and, I am, and I am openly questioning, how do you, how does one acknowledge that trauma has happened, acknowledge that you have been a victim, but then not hold that as like a badge. Yeah. You know, as like a, not even like a, as a badge, but more like an armor. Yeah. So, to where you're using that as like your shield to like really, truly connect with people. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't, I don't mean that you have to answer that. I'm just, I'm just questioning. Cause that yeah. is, that's a, that's, um, just answering that is kind of, is very confrontational. And that's, that's a really awesome breakup. Yeah. That really. is an awesome breakup. Yeah, truly. Cause it, it's really held me back. Um, and, yeah. and kept me stuck in really just, yeah, just un, unproductive ways of being. Um, and like to kind of answer your question, but from my, like, just to share my experience with it, um, I, <clears throat> the, the experiences I've had, and this is something my therapist talked to me about in the very beginning, was being able to see what I've been through as, really, it is a badge of honor that I have made it through these experiences, and I have survived, um, but it doesn't have to define who I am. Right. Um, and so recognizing that difference between being victimized and being a victim. Um, so, you know, that's just, that's been a process over probably now five years, I want to say, of yeah. really having to, to dig in there and, and, and face, face that, ugh, that stuff that is so scary and deep. Yeah. And then being able to come out on the other side and say, okay, who do I want to be now? Um, and, and what well, do I need to let go of? I, you have just given me a little bit of clarity um, 
on there is i'm sure you've i'm sure you've heard this saying of um i am i'm not a victim i'm a survivor mm-hmm. or like the or there there is a type of woman or let me say a type of person who has gone through some sort of trauma but does not want to be called a victim right right for me i never until literally right now i never really kind of understood that like why don't like you're to me it was like oh you're in denial of what happened to you like a mm-hmm. non um like maybe they didn't accept it like they were just kind of in denial of what happened mm-hmm. because for me it's like oh something shitty happened to you by someone shitty so you're a victim of that shitty right. behavior right um I'm thinking just purely definition, but I understand now that maybe they're coming from a, ter- a, a place of, I'm not going to wear the victim, I'm not going to be yep. in victimhood. Yep, 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 exactly. Wow. wow, that's awesome, thank you. Yeah, sure thing, yeah, and and yeah. and taking it a step further, I've heard this, and I'm starting to recognize what this means, I've heard, uh, people say, I don't identify as a survivor either, because that means I'm still kind of in it. I, I see myself as a warrior. Mm. And I'm starting to connect to that now. I'm starting to realize what that means. Because calling myself a survivor means I'm still kind of like trying to get out of this thing. Yeah. Um, Rather than, oh, no, I got out of it, I survived it, and I am now going to move forward and kick ass. Yeah. No, I love that. That's actually a really, uh, man, words words mean things. <laughs> words are so good. I love words. <laughs> I do, too. I, I am a, I'm a lover of words to help, help us make sense of these internal things that yeah. don't make sense oftentimes. Yeah. I recently learned the word enmeshment and I learned um, in the context of emotional intimacy and really more specifically enmeshment parent-child um, relationship. Mm-hmm. And um, it literally blew my mind and like just cracked my brain open. And mm. I'm like, I want to tattoo the word enmeshment on my foot because it, it like provided so much clarity and like so much, like such life changing. Oh, there is a word for this feeling. God bless. Like, thank God. Yes. <laughs> I want to tattoo that word on my foot. I love it so much. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I want to talk to you, or I want you to talk to me about how you developed your trauma-informed practice. Like, how did you take that from your own personal experience and then move that into the classroom? Mm -hmm. Because that's something that I really, truly admire about you and your practice and how you teach. Yeah. Um... Okay, so again, it started from personal experience. I've been teaching for 10 years and practicing a little bit longer than that. I can't remember when I started, you know, but started going to yoga classes maybe maybe two years before I went to teacher training, so it's been a little bit. So in my own experience of exploring yoga, being in different yoga classes, having different teachers, and navigating that with my own trauma history, 
without really having an understanding of that's of that's what it was it was just very visceral like things would happen in a class either you know I'd be in a pose and just start crying or feel very very uncomfortable and just want to run out of the room it might be something the teacher said or you know even like hands-on adjustments I sometimes would be okay with other times not and really recognizing like huh like why is this why is this a thing why is this first of all an expectation in a yoga class like specifically the hands-on thing because it's like hmm as a massage therapist you know that's that's the agreement that somebody's going to come to me and I'm going to put my hands on them. But when I go to a yoga class, sometimes they put their hands on, sometimes they don't, I don't really know when to expect it. So that was a huge one. They don't Um, necessarily ask for permission. Right. Some, I think sometimes they would, but most of the time not. Mm. Um, So, you know, sometimes it was like, it's really nice, you know, having, having that touch. But then there were times where I was like, mm, I don't think I'm okay with this. Um, yeah. Even like ways that teachers would direct the students felt very rigid. Like you have to do it a certain way. So yeah, just through my own experience of just kind of recognizing these patterns that I saw in yeah. the yoga world. And Kind of navigating also like the spiritual aspect of yoga, which is why I'm so excited to do the, the honor yoga roots because they're, and I realized this as soon as I started the course, I cut myself off from different yogic practices because I felt like it wasn't appropriate for me to practice them or teach them. And specifically what came up for me was the chakra system. I just fell in love with the chakra system. But then after a while, I felt like, it wasn't appropriate for me to be practicing that or teaching it. I also have had some like religious trauma. So spiritually I've had to really navigate the yoga world um, Mm -hmm. of like, how does it fit for me? Where do I feel comfortable in, in practicing and teaching the spiritual aspects of yoga? So that's been a huge one is like, how do I, how do I convey in a class, this connection that we're getting with ourselves or something greater in a way that is inclusive and not rigid, depending on what that person's belief system is. So, so yeah, a lot of it's been my own personal experience and then start, like starting to implement those things in my own classes. And then in the last few years, uh, doing some, some more research on what trauma-informed trainings are out there for yoga teachers. The, the, the one I'm still like, ooh, I might do it. I was on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> Just is, there. <laughs> is through the uh, Trauma Center. Tra- is trauma-sensitive yoga developed by Bessel van der Kolk and David Emerson. They're huge in the research of trauma and they developed a training specifically for trauma sensitive yoga. So, you know, I've looked into their work and so, you know, just gathering bits and pieces, doing some of my own reading, doing some of my, you know, doing little online classes and stuff. So, yeah. I've got one last question for you. Um, It's my favorite one. I want to know what the weirdest thing in your home is. <laughs> so, What's the weirdest thing that you and Avery got going on? You know, it's hard to say. Um, 
I, I really thought about this question and I couldn't, the only thing I could come up with was that I, this isn't weird for me because of what I do, but I have a lot of massage equipment and tools in our house, like okay, so in different areas. If I were to come over or somebody who is not and like um, familiar with massage equipment and stuff, if they were to come over your house, what is the thing that would be like, oh, what is going on there? <laughs> like, what is it? What's the tool? Um, it's like this roller pin thing that has spikes on it. Oh, yeah. Aggressive. <laughs> hey, no judgment. Do what you got to do. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. awesome yeah. that's pretty great yeah I'm I've, actually... I've, I've realized as I'm you know doing more virtual yoga self-care sessions I tell people hey if you have like a tennis ball laying around the house we can use that for whatever and people don't just have random balls hanging around their house <laughs> <laughs> no you mean you don't have like lacrosse balls? Like you yeah. don't have a box of 150 lacrosse balls yeah. in your house? No? Okay, like, cool. like I literally have like balls of every shape, size, consistency. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> That's great. I think I'm just going to take what you just said and make that a clip for the episode. Yeah, that'll be the episode clip. People are going to be like, what are they talking about? No, really. Yeah. <laughs> They can, they're going to come for the, the ball clip and then oh, stay for yeah. the informed yoga. Yeah. It'll be great. It's yeah. how you get them. It's, <laughs> it's marketing 101. <laughs> All right. Well, I got to let you go. Thank you so much for sharing your time and sharing your story with me. I appreciate you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Asad. It was my pleasure. Uh, I hope you have a great week. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. Well, that's the episode. I hope you enjoyed this one as much as I did. Naomi is such a gem. That was such a great conversation. So candid. I know I'm going to take a few days to process everything and really digest everything that we talked about. If you like this episode as much as I did, please leave a review. Take a screenshot of the episode of you listening to this episode and share it on Instagram. Tag me. Let me know you're out there listening. I want to say thank you one more time to Naomi for being so candid and sharing her journey with me and by extension, you the listeners. You can find and follow Naomi on her website, naomibarasa.com, or you can find her on Instagram, Naomi Barasa. I will put all of her contact information in the show notes, so make sure you check it out and follow her. I'll be back very soon, but until then, be brave, be light, be well.